So I, I know you've got a lot going on. But remember, I'm here for you. So bother me when no one's listening, because I will. Bother me when it feels like it won't get better, because it can. Bother me because you're never a bother. Whether it's a low point or a crisis, get help for yourself or a friend. Learn more at neverabother.org or call or text 988, available 24-7. You're listening to the Laugh Button Podcast on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com. Fucking dreamers. <laughs> you young kids with your spirit. <laughs> All right, so welcome to the Laugh Button Podcast. I am here, Matt Kleinsman, your editor-in-chief of the LaughButton.com and your host of the Laugh Button Podcast. I'm here with two gentlemen, one I know very well, one I just met today, Kostaki Economopoulos. God, did I do it? Yeah, you did it. I'm oh, going to okay. give you uh, a full A on that. Kostaki Economopoulos. One stammer. Welcome to the podcast. In between names is pretty good. I know. I, I <laughs> Listen, my last name's Kleinschmidt, and like it's oh okay, it's two syllables, but people look at it and it's just, it's intimidating. It's and they're like, right. oh shit! So like, I get it all the time. So I want to make sure when yeah yeah I see a brethren with fellow terrible yeah, yeah. La- like terribly long last name uh, <laughs> that I do it right too. And I'm also here with Aaron Hodges. Hi. <laughs> 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 Ten years of radio, radio program. Yeah, I know. There you go. That's what you get. That's, that's what you get. Uh, Kleinschmidt is easy once you have it. You yeah, have it down. Totally. Economopolis can change every day. Yes, yes, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> and apparently does. It sometimes. does, yeah. So, so Aaron is here from Your Lucky Dog Productions, which is a brand new uh, label, production company, everything you started. You got it. And uh, your friend Kostaki is putting out his uh, new record on, the, on said label. I, I mean, it's the perfect person to kick it off with yeah, we've yeah, yeah. partnered on a podcast together for what four years now oh yeah, yeah. I, I i didn't and, even know uh, this quick snaps the podcast what's this all about it's, you tell uh, it's uh football comedy talk it's uh it's a podcast originally driven by NFL topical jokes. Okay. And then we uh, bust each other's balls about our teams. He's a Giants fan. I'm a Falcons fan. I still need a hug. <laughs> that Super Bowl was tough on him. <laughs> yeah. See, here's the funny thing. You guys are like talking about stuff. And I'm over here like sports. sports yeah, sports, I know. Sports. You're not yeah. a football guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not really like I. I know teams. Like I know. I know. I know the Falcons play from. They're from Atlanta. I know the Giants are New York. I know the color schemes. Like, yeah, yeah. I, but I don't know players. <laughs> I don't know who was yeah, drafted. Yeah, that's okay. I know the rules of the game. Like I'm usually the guy with my group of friends. I'm watching. I only really watch the Super Bowl, <laughs> but I'm usually the guy explaining to all my friends. No, no, this is what a first down is. So like, I'm the the knowledgeable. Oh, guy. you're the link yeah, to the yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah. Wow. which is which is not saying much. It's all relative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but like I, I don't know anything about players. I know the big time guys like your your quarterbacks and your, the Tom Brady's and Aaron yeah. Rodgers and yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah the, the guys that you know. Have sex with supermodels. Those guys. Oh yeah, those guys. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers not anymore though. I don't know if you know if you're he was up with, on that uh, gossip. The, what's her name? Olivia, Olivia Munn. Olivia Munn. No longer. No. No. But the, she was just helping her train. Rumors that he's still movie? out there with some more beautiful ladies recently. Listen, so. I'm sure Aaron Rodgers doing just fine. I'm sure as soon as he I'm broke sure up with Olivia is. Munn, he walked a block down the street and had four or five new phone numbers. Can I'm I sure just say still... something kind yeah. of rude about Olivia Munn? Sure. I had <laughs> sure. wow controversy. Two I minutes had in, such a crush on her yes, from newsroom. Adorable. Yeah. And then I saw her in an interview, like one of the late night shows, and I'm like, oh. Oh yeah, yeah. She's just an actress. Oh yeah, Aaron Sorkin <laughs> writes the words that when come Aaron out of her mouth. Sorkin so is speaking, yeah, yeah. And when that's the when that's the mental voice, you know, through that body, when she's like a hot economist, then I'm like, hello. And then she when is she's very attractive, and then she, but she also seems like she's very. And then when she's in a I regular interview, dumb. Dumb like, is wrong. Oh, dumb she's is just wrong. another yeah. pretty girl who's in Hollywood. Like it oh, was yeah, so totally. disappointing compared totally. to an Aaron Sorkin character. And, and I remember, <laughs> and, and I remember watching her uh, train for for Psylocke for the X, the most latest X Men Days of Future, whatever's is nuts Apocalypse. I'm sorry, that's my football. Like you could talk about that all day. Oh, and you have like, no clue. Way over my head. Okay, well she played one yeah. of the X Men in the most recent <laughs> X Men movie. And all of her social media was her training and sword oh, fighting yes. right. and all this kind of stuff. And Aaron Rodgers is in the background, yeah. right? Fucking yeah. jumping rope or whatever the yeah, hell he yeah, was yeah. doing in the background. Right. Yeah, you would do anything Olivia asked you to do as well. <laughs> but the funny thing is, she, I'm not saying I'm not saying I wouldn't, Aaron. Uh, well, what I'm saying is like, so they're sitting in the background, and he's like, and she's like. 
prepping and training and prepping and training. And then I watched the movie. I'm like, where the fuck did all this go? Like, you did nothing. Like, she's oh, in yeah. like three scenes and she cuts a, a car in half with a sword, which is clearly CGI. It's like, didn't need that much preparation to <laughs> wow. cut a car in half. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know how we got on the topic of Olivia Munn. Yeah. But, uh, but Aaron yeah. Rogers. The only thing I remember about Olivia Munn before that was she would work on Attack of the Show with Hardwick, too. So. Sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah, really? Yeah. I don't remember she, her. Yeah, she, she has re- a bit of like nerd love. Right? Yeah, she yeah. has like that nerd culture. But yeah. again, I think the nerd guys loved her because she showed up at, co- at Comic Con dressed like yeah. Slave Princess Leia in the, in the gold bikini. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Like, yeah. Oh, you're, you, you know stuff. <laughs> she's really beautiful. She's woman. a beautiful woman. I'm yeah. not taking anything right. away from her, but yeah, at the yeah. same time, she's also not a super intelligent economist like she played right. in the newsroom, right. which That's is very. It's, it made it very attractive. I, I'll, totally. Because like you're watching it, you're like, oh, she's talking about Glass Steagall. It's like, oh, cool. Like, yeah, I'm like, right. I know, I understood Glass Steagall for the first time <laughs> because Olivia Munn's talking Good about reference. the newsrooms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For those who don't know, Glass Steagall was an act that prevented banks from being investment banks and saving banks. They used to be two separate things. It was the Glass Steagall Act, and then basically that got er- eradicated in the mid '90s by the Clinton administration of all things. And then basically, so banks could start investing the money you were saving. That's where all we got now our problems. I'm a- a little bit attracted to you. <laughs> Bam! That's my goal, Kostaki. That's totally my goal. <laughs> so, so basically, so uh, to, to wrap a bow on Glass Steagall when that was revoked. <laughs> can we really do that neatly? I feel like yeah, we'll yeah, be on. We totally this. can. We totally can. I can wrap it up for you guys in a second. Totally can. So, so Dodd Frank, Barney, Barney Ooh. Frank, the the senator from uh, Massachusetts, I want to say, who retired very recently. One of the last things he did in office was got this bill passed, which basically reinstated a lot of the Glass Steagall stuff that protected our our money. And Donald Trump actually just like kind of like went and like took some shit pot shots at it, like this past right. week alone. So sure. we're going to get fucked again, guys. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> and not by Olivia Munn. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> That is a nice bow. Yeah, yeah, see, I told you I could bow it. I told you I could put a bow on this That's thing. That's true. I, I, have, I have nothing you to add. Did. I told you, you I could. Did. So, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. <laughs> six minute, six minute, twenty nine second intro, guys. So, uh, so yeah, so welcome. This is this is the whole podcast. It's just tangent after tangent. We kind of bring it all back. So. Cool. I like it. Yeah, yeah. So, Kostaki, uh, you've been a comedian for how many years now? Long time, uh, full time since early '94. So you've seen rises, falls, lefts and right zigzags. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, 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 yeah. Any... I I love it. I still love it. Of course you love it. You wouldn't be doing it this long if you didn't love it. That's true. In fact, uh, last week I was in L.A. and uh, ended up hanging with some of my old school comic heroes. Really? I did Jake Johansson's podcast. Oh, that's a name I've heard him. a long time. He's so great. Yeah. He's exactly what you want him to be. And okay. I also ended up weirdly, totally separate universe. Uh, had dinner with Emo Phillips. Wow, now, two very different conversations, I would imagine. Oh yeah, Emo is <laughs> Emo is also exactly what you want him to be. Can Brilliant you ha- and okay. weird and lovable and odd. Can you have a human conversation with Emo Phillips? Emo's great. Yeah, really, he's absolutely great. Because like I just kind of picture like you trying to like. I would picture it as talking to a toddler, and, and not not in a negative way. I get but what in, you're saying. In a way like That's a funny he has this like that. innocence about him, where you're just kind of like, "Can I talk? Would emo care about Glass Steagall?" Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah, okay. I think okay. so. Okay. Yeah, he's a. Uh, He's obviously not doing the character when <laughs> you're course, just having dinner course, with him, course. but he is an oddball, and okay. his timing is weird, and he's totally this gentle, brilliant, lovable soul. Cool. He's he's cool. So anyway, yeah, but yeah. it's a long answer to. I got to see sort <laughs> it's of. It's all right, man. You Christmas saw this. You were here for the intro. I feel you like saw... I'm looking at Christmas future. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I ended up doing some sets at the Hermosa Comedy and Magic Club oh, out there, and some of the guys on that show were some of my older heroes as well. Yeah. So it was like. Uh, Brian Kiley, you remember Brian? I, I Brian's one of the writers for uh, for Conan. Okay, and he was knocking around New York doing brilliant sets for years. Uh, Jack Cohen, who ended up writing mm-hmm. for the Tonight Show, and there's just so many kind of like real grownups in the yeah. in the craft that I ended up hanging out with. <laughs> it was just a pleasure to see like, oh, they're still doing it. They still like it. They're still complaining about not being able to sell tickets or. I wish this or this is good or man, my life's been so it's like the full range. It's the same of, grind still. It is, but there's a sort of um, there's sort of a, a piece with it all. Okay. In some of the grown-ups that I ended up hanging with, they they enjoy it and they're happy about the whole ride of it, which was nice to see. 
That's you great. Know? That's great. Yeah, because I mean, like, it's nice to see because also, like, it helps, like you said, Christmas future. It kind of helps predict your future. Like, oh, okay, these guys are still doing this. Nice could end well. This could <laughs> end very well. <laughs> well, that, I mean, that's that's also a sign of a comedian, like someone who's like, yeah, you know, a TV show would be great. You know, a sold out tour would be great. But like, I need to get on stage. It's not. It's not the 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 desire. Right. It's not. A, it's not the. Uh, it's it's not the one. It's the need. Maybe is where I'm going with this. Or it's like I've been on stage in X amount of days. I need to get some time now. It's yeah. almost like a drug in certain ways. Yeah, it's interesting. Like a couple of the guys at, at Hermosa felt that way. Like Jack Cohen and Brian Kiley, particularly. They got full careers and yeah. more money they could probably ever spend and doing great. And here they are. <laughs> Doing 12 minutes at a thing, you know, <laughs> like, you know, with some brand new jokes. Can't wait to see how they work and where the beats are. You know, it was it's kind of neat. That's great. I mean, it, yeah, I mean, uh, the, the easiest way I think uh, the average comedy fan could would would, would re- be able to recognize this is from like the documentary Comedian with Jerry Seinfeld. Seinfeld ended, biggest sitcom on the planet. Yeah. Fucking dude trying to figure out his next five minutes over at Gotham Comedy Club. Right. It's just like, it's that need. Like, that guy does not need to take a stage for the rest of his life as a human being, but yeah. he wants to take the stage. And yeah. I think that's, right. And those are the people where it's like, I love talking to those people because they're like, my ultimate goal is just to, to eke out an existence as a comedian because I am a comedian. I want to be a comedian. It's, right. Some people, it's like, they use comedy as a fallback where it's like, oh, my, uh, my career. As the lovable sidekick on a 90s sitcom (laughs) about kids in high school that rhymes with Made by the Mel. (laughs) Uh, Shots fired, Dustin Diamond. (laughs) I was. Listen, if Screech wants to come on this podcast and defend himself, you put that together. You thought he was coming with the Olivia Munn heat. You brought the Dustin Diamond (laughs) shit. Okay, so we got Olivia Munn, we got Dustin Diamond, and I'm over here with Glass Steagle. (laughs) Glass Steagle. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <That's> funny. <laughs> hey, man, we all got our strengths and weaknesses. <laughs> we all have strengths and weaknesses. <laughs> so, but the point I'm trying to make is like those people, like, oh, I'll fall back on stand-up comedy, and like because people know me, I'll be able to sell a ticket or two. There's other people who are like, no, I like the craft. I want to figure out how to make this crowd right react how I want them to react. Yeah, and it was interesting to see like the full range of like emo. I think has less of that sort of can't. Yeah, has to do it like some of the other guys do, but he has this sort of quiet piece about it, and he kind of picks and chooses, mm-hmm. and he goes out and does his shows, and he does. He's not doing a lot of show business things. Yeah, he's got a nice house, enjoying his wife and his life, and goes out and does some stand up here and there. And does Emo have kids? A lot of ways to do it. No, he does not have kids. Okay, second. what would an Emo an Emo Phillips child? Uh, that's what like? I'm wondering. The, the other thing I'm wondering is like, are you capable of doing an impression of Emo's real voice? <laughs> <laughs> His I, real I'm voice. so curious. Here's what I'm curious about. You know how, like, when you watch like the Big Bang Theory and <laughs> and Johnny Pilecki or whatever his name is, like, it, he he plays a nerd on TV sh- on the TV show. He's got glasses and is like, he the Indian guy? No, 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 no. He's the guy that was on Roseanne. He played. He was the daughter's. Boy. Oh yes, yes, Johnny yes, yes, Pilecki. Yes. I think yes. his name is. Oh. But when you see him in real life, like about Hollywood, he's got like the slick backed hair and like the babes next to him. It's like the complete oh, opposite. Yeah? Maybe that's what Emo Phillips is not on stage. <laughs> when he's on stage, he's like, you know, he's got the hair and the thing. And then when he's off stage, slick back hair, like, I'm Emo Phillips. And he's Johnny Depp. <laughs> he's Johnny Depp. Yeah. And just like, no, it's no, it's a, it's a t- <laughs> you know, Just say yes. <laughs> that's a funny image, though. I like the idea of like a super slick Emo. Yeah. <laughs> No, he's just a li- he's just less so. It's like uh, like Lewis Black just cranks up the one angry yeah, yeah. part of himself. Yeah. Like he's the gentle kind of nice guy, and then when he gets pissed, he's sort of this crabby, crazy finger pointing guy. So he just embraces that. I think Emo did a similar thing where he just exaggerates his own oddity mm-hmm. into a into a full blown character. Gotcha. But he is odd. <laughs> well, I think everyone that does comedy is odd. In yeah. Some okay. Way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. like, like that, that. Can uh, can we accept that as the yeah, actual I think thing? We can okay. Say cool. That. So, yeah. so, so the new record, which uh, live at Acme, comes out this Friday, right? Um, which is the 29th? Six. Twenty six. I'm sorry. Thank. You. I'll edit that out. I didn't make no mistakes on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it comes out Friday the 26th. Uh, and, and Aaron is releasing this on You Lucky Dog Pro- We're excited, man. I was saying to him yeah. right, just before we came in here, I'm excited for me because I'm excited about this album coming out yeah. and the whole thing and running around. I'm doing all these interviews. It's been a really fun process. But I'm super excited for him because he has a gigantic life change happening. Yeah. I mean, this is this is the I quit my day job moment. That's a big uh, day in a man's it, life. It's fucking know? big. I mean, because 
because Aaron, we first met from your days over at SiriusXM. That's right, yeah. And uh, my former co-host, Mark Seaman, we, is a mutual friend as well. Yep. So Mark says hi for your old right. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> if he's listening, his anyway. <laughs> Not a fan of the nickname. <laughs> no, I love the, I love the nickname, but the context never fucking works. It was all. Uh, it's like Mark says hi, says hi. Fuck you, Mark, for having that nickname. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is kind of annoying. Yeah. God damn it, Mark! I just hung out with Mark this week. Yeah. Anyway, so you used to work over at SiriusXM, and you worked with Mark very closely. Yes, sir. And that's yeah. how we first met. So you have a tremendous comedy career dialogue depth breadth of comedy that like right. isn't, sure. isn't like Kostaki's. It's completely different. Yeah, I mean totally. I mean I, you know, I had I did stand up for about two years on and off, but there was nothing no kind of regularity. Mm. But mostly my experience with comedy is from on the programming side yeah, of it. Yeah, totally. Programming the channels and doing production and, you know, listening and curating stations and uh producing talk shows, things like that, hosting talk shows, things like that. So, yeah, it's a, it's two different worlds. Yeah, but 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 it, it's kind of the yin to the yang. You need one to kind of get the other to happen. Like, like there's always great teams. Like, there's a great comic, they have a great manager. There's a great label, they have a great they have great rosters of talent. So you do, you do kind of need each other. It's a little yeah, I agree. Symbiotic. And he's freaky good at all of the parts, like the editing mm-hmm. and having the knowledge and the sort of the. You know, he knows the gist of all of the beats, mm-hmm. right? He's done some stand-up, too, and he knows, like, you know, we've, when we've worked on things and I listen to an edit, I'm like, ah, that's so good. <laughs> you know, sometimes it's exactly what I would have done, and sometimes uh-huh. it's better than what I would have done. It's like, ah. So and I, it's and, a pleasure working with him. And I will say this, like, just compliment to the album. I've listened to most of the album, well, parts of it, whatever Aaron's let me listen to. <laughs> Didn't I give you the whole thing? I think you have. I'm, I'm, You're a busy I'm man. I know you don't have time. Create <laughs> sure. dramatic fucking tension for the podcast, Aaron. <laughs> and you're not going with me. <laughs> Sorry, man. Uh, no, so I've listened to it, and it, it sounds great. It sounds like oh, someone recorded this and knows what they're doing. So right, Aaron, you didn't record it. I didn't record it, but uh, <laughs> hired a uh, a very good engineer. Get I'm just joking. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's great. It's live at Acme. Recorded at the Acme Comedy Studio. What's it called? Acme Comedy Company. Again, I'm, great I'm, I'm going to edit that out because I make no fucking mistakes <laughs> on this there podcast. someday. It's a good one. <laughs> the Appy Comedy C- Company is, I mean, plenty of people have recorded specials there. I want to say Nick DiPaolo just recently recorded a special there. His, I, think his, I, his I believe so, yeah. yeah. Like, like th- this is a no-joke place. This oh, is yeah. like this is one of the best comedy company uh, clubs in the in the nation. Yeah, it really is. It's yeah, one yeah. of the few that, when, you know, when you get road dogs together and they're comparing notes, it it almost always makes the top five for yeah, comics. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a it's a pleasure to work that room. So. That's great. That's great. That's so. why I went with that as the, as the title, too. It's like a nod to that place. It's just been so good to comics for so many years. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's and, and, you know, that's... Sometimes it doesn't happen. You don't get like a live from like Louis C.K. did like live from the Comedy Store. Bobby did like live from the Village Underground. Those are nice little nods because it's almost it's a character in itself of your your special. Yeah, that's right. You know, it's so it's 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 not just a black box theater with a couple like strobe lights hanging yeah, yeah. or something like that. Because yeah, curating is a good word. I mean, when you're yeah, ru- when you're running a, a club, yeah. You know, the reason those crowds are good is because Lewis has been crushing it with putting good shows in there for 25 Mm -hmm. years. It's not something that happens by accident. Yeah, I mean, like, New York comedy is a little different. And I think that's one of the things a lot of people stress. I I, I think it's easy to stress to a listener is New York Comedy Club, there's a lot of them. And sometimes it's tourists. Sometimes it's a hot room. Sometimes it's that or the other one. But when you go on the road... Like you want to go on a road to someplace where it's not a papered room and it's full of comedy fans that understand that they need to shut the fuck up at these times. They need to right. applause at these times. And that takes time, and there's not not everyone's great at it. Right. And I think in the rise of social media, it's hard to the do onus well. has come back to the comedian more than it's come back to the club. And it's right. like, oh, how big are your Twitter followers? Can you put out a couple of tweets to promote the show? And the business has changed. Yeah. Right. When it should be the club being like, listen, man, I spent months curating good talent getting good people in here weeding out the shit so right. now we have comedy audience right, right, right. and it just doesn't seem like it happens that much that way yeah i mean it's it's a little bit like a restaurant like when you you <clears throat> okay. the food better be good yeah. or people don't come back yeah or even worse you train the crowd to like shitty burgers and fries yeah. kind of thing and yeah. that's the people who are coming back yeah like you know, or you my, don't value it by giving them free tickets or right. something like that. My yeah. old home club, the Atlanta Punchline, was one of the best clubs in America too, mm-hmm. and it would have been easy to run a successful shitty club there. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if, you Why? know, book these country oh, yeah, yeah, fucking, yeah. Oh. you know, horrible, shiny object comedy kind of acts. And you could have built an audience that way. But that club, you know, every week was Larry Miller and Brian Regan and, mm-hmm. you know, Dave Chappelle. And the, they booked good acts in there always. Like, mm-hmm. I worked with some of the best coming up as, like, a kid in that club, you know? Yeah. I worked with Anthony Clark and, you know. These are, like... These are names that I, I'm glad you're saying because they're names of comics that we're, we're in a comedy boom right now. I firmly believe that. Sure. And I, these are names that were like they weren't names when the comedy boom came. You know what I mean? Like they were like they were they were they were hustling before the comedy boom happened. And like a lot of the, what these guys are doing now is on the shoulders of those guys. Yeah. Too. Yeah. I so, agree with that. So, yeah. So right. it's, it's good that these names are being dropped. And the clubs. I mean, it's yeah, yeah. hard to run a good club. I'm it's, not saying it's not. It's no. so hard, especially now, you yeah. know, because the you know, the clubs. They're not competing against the other club. They're competing against Netflix yes. and three glasses of wine because yes. that's a good night. It is cheap and easy. And you can pause it and go to the bathroom. Yes. <laughs> We're competing with other things that are fun and cheap and easy to do. Yeah. I also think, though, the rise of stuff like Netflix and YouTube, I feel like it has made the comedy consumer, the comedy fan, smarter. I don't know if that's true or not. I feel like it has. That's definitely true. I yeah. Think, yeah. I, I feel like that. people that go to shows. They know your bit. They know your act. They know whatever. So they're like, oh, we're checking it out on YouTube. And you're, you got this, that, or the other thing. So like, right. for me, as a fan of comedy, and I would imagine for you as a comedian, like you want those people at your shows because they kind of keep you, I don't say honest, but like, well, you can't continue to do the same act over and over yes, again because but, they're like, oh. Right. But the trade-off is, of course, you're getting, a, you know, again, a, a better crowd yeah, yeah, per yeah, capita yeah. Yeah, yeah. in terms of picking to come see you on purpose. Which is, again, the other goal as a, uh, for a comic is to figure out a way to tell the world what you do so yeah. that they come see you on purpose. Yeah. And for me, radio has really been a path to that. I wouldn't have drawn that up if I was designing my career from day one, but... You know, TV was always like, meh, a little bit here and there. And radio was like, come on. So yeah. that's just the path that I took. And, yeah. you know, now when I go do shows in Indiana and Illinois and Wisconsin, places where Bob and Tom are, mm-hmm. people are coming to see me on purpose. And it completely changes the landscape for the comic on yeah, stage. Yeah, I mean, that's something that I've, I, I'm glad you brought up, too. Because, like, radio, it's 2017, but radio is still super important to this. Oh, sure. Um, it's and, and, Aaron, you can probably attest to this, too, having a, a history in radio. Yeah, I mean, uh, just working at SiriusXM... That was probably the most rewarding thing about it is being able to help people with their careers with uh, yeah. getting the airplay and the promotion and everything yeah. like that. And that was the best thing that I could ever hear is like people yeah. came out to see them because they heard them on Raw Dog or whatever it may be. So, yeah, yeah I mean, Sirius XM and, you know, Bob and Tom and they're, they're, mm-hmm. you know, there's a handful of others, even the the podcasts uh are a little bit of what you were saying about Netflix and making yeah. the comedy fans smarter because they're involved in the the process. Yeah, I, I mean, radio, like, Bob and Tom's a great example. Like, Bob and Tom's one of those shows where I don't know if the, the coasts really understand the impact that show has for a comedian. Right. It's it's big. I mean, it's still big. And they're not even talking to each other anymore. They're, one of them's retired or something like that. <laughs> That's right. One, one of them's one retired. One of them's yeah. just retired, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, But, like, a show like that, like, will, will moves the needle. And I don't think they – that and it's tough to move the needle in 2017. It really is. Doing one in terms thing. of Because not only do they have to know who you are, yeah. they have to like you, yeah. and they have to like you enough to make a plan and get a babysitter and pre-purchase the tickets mm-hmm. it there's a lot of steps there are like i hope they like you enough to buy the album right yes <laughs> hopefully <laughs> on paper we'll see <laughs> we'll see you see where his bottom line there's is. a producer <laughs> Buy the album, guys. <laughs> Aaron just quit his job. <laughs> Buy the right. fucking album. <laughs> yeah, but, so it's the game of you yeah. know finding a way to reach the audience. So yeah. you know, like I've said this a, a, a zillion times in newer comics. In the old days, you could be completely unknown and do the Tonight Show, and the next day you were famous. Yep. Like literally, they would recognize you at the barbershop the next yeah. day. Those days are over. Gone. The good news is you don't have to wait for that guy to anoint you. You don't have to deal with the gatekeepers. The gatekeeper is not yeah. as important as it used to be, and there's a lot of small-D democratic ways to build an audience. You can yeah. be the king of podcasting or Twitter or have a little web series or be the guy who makes the funniest vines in the world. There's yeah, like yeah. 14 different things you can do. You know, there's videos on Facebook and, you know, there's so many different paths now. So the bad news is no one thing is going to change your life. Yeah. The good news is you don't have to wait for the gatekeeper. 
as much as he used to. Patton Oswalt kind of touched upon that when he gave the keynote just for last a couple of years back, basically saying, like, the gatekeepers, you don't matter anymore. We are the talent. We have the access. And we can do what you do with our phones now. Yeah. So in a way, a great let's point. figure out a way to collaborate because right. you do need us more than we need you these days. And I think that's a really good way of looking at it, too. And, and back to the podcast point that you brought up previously, um, the podcast, I feel like in, in, in many ways it became the new album, the new comedy album. In other ways, it became a way for a comedian to continually cultivate a fan base in a market that they can only visit once a year. Uh, let's say, for right. example, you can only sell a room out in Kenosha, Wisconsin, one weekend a year, yeah. mm-hmm. but you still want to develop a fan base in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Well, everyone in Kenosha, Wisconsin can download your podcast right. and listen to you, and, and they have that weekly check-in with you, the fan base, all that right. kind of stuff. So like, podcasting has changed the game. I really yeah, do think I think so, too. I mean, it's a great way to connect with people's long run. Yeah. And there's narrow casting. Yes. If you want to listen to 35 minutes of two guys do football jokes yep. and talk about the weekend that was in the NFL, you can find that. And you couldn't find that in a mainstream media situation. Yeah. That's a very narrow casted universe. You're here on the Left Button Podcast. It's two past the hour. <laughs> <laughs> got it? All right. You got the joke. Good. New Jersey charm time. <laughs> New Jersey charm time. It's two past the hour. <laughs> no, no, no. So, but, that, but that's like you have to do that in radio. With podcasts, we can sit there and have a long form conversation. You can do whatever you want. There's not 30 breaks in between. Right. You know what we're doing. Which, and I, I said this to Jake. I, uh, on the way to the club that night prior when I was in there talking to him, I literally went through and scanned all the FM and all the AM, nothing. And I put yeah. headphone in, and I'm listening to Jake have this great conversation with Greg Barrett. Like, yeah. that's so much more interesting to me than uh, whatever crazy thing that's yeah. on. And know? comedians live very interesting lives. They're nomadic. You know, they're they're traveling many many times per 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 year and per week per month whatever it is. Right. Um, they usually meet new people every day. Yes. Um, they usually have some sort of really interesting way of looking at and digesting this information or this processing how they they meet the world. And uh, so putting a microphone in front of them is one of the most natural things you can do. And saying, "Hey, talk right. into this. You will be entertaining. Don't worry." You right. Know? Like someone like me who's not a comedian, I'm like, "Oh, well, I got to think of some stuff here and there." But I, like, I know most comedians can sit down and just kind of. This is not new to you. This is what you've been doing right. for right, your right, entire right. existence. And yeah. I like it. Yeah, I, yeah. I like it as a consumer. I like to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, 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 I'm a fan of this kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Very cool. Very, very cool. So let's dive into the album a little bit. So you talk, I mean, the album is like you being a family man, basically. You know? Yeah, <laughs> it, yeah. It's sort of, I'm trying to write more <laughs> about me. Yeah, well, in the that, old days, I was more of an observational guy. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. this out, al- this is the first album that's really mostly about me. Yeah, and I and I've noticed that too, because like I mean, you have, I mean, kids say the darndest things, but, you, <laughs> but, but like you really could write an entire album about just like things your your eight year old says. Yeah, to yeah, you, you know right. what I mean, yeah. Like, so <laughs> some of that's on there. A lot of wife stuff. Yes, very some much of the so. battle to see the kid is on there. <laughs> yes. Uh, some of the crazy true stories of odd things that have happened along the way. So yeah, most of it's that's the that's the direction I've been developing for the last several years. Most of it's anecdotal and yeah. personal at some level. You know. Yeah. Well, also, it, I mean, that's that's the, that makes the best comedians because. You can't steal someone's act if it's a story that actually fucking happened right. to you. You know I what agree I mean? With you that. just can't. Like right. it, it's like, yes, my daughter did say that to me. Right. Or yes, my wife did say that to me. And it's the like, other thing that it's got another layer to it. There's mm. something sticky and interesting about someone sharing a little bit of themselves yeah. that's that's more interesting than a funny joke about Taco Bell or whatever, you know. Mm. And the other thing is this is a weird goal for a comic, but <laughs> I'm aware like on the nights when it's not going very well. Yeah. A comic talking about themselves is still compelling. Mm-hmm. On the nights that it's not going well and you're doing a good Taco Bell joke, kill yourself. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, because you're wasting everybody's time. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's yeah. like, so when there's, when there's something else going on there, not only is it survivable when it's bad, when it's good, it's got multi layers and it's better, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I mean, it makes sense. It makes total sense. Those are all. These, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love a, a good one-liner as as right, much too. as the next guy. But there's masters at that. Like, will there ever be another Mitch Hedberg? Doubt it. You know. Yeah. I, I mean, like it's like like those jokes will be funny to a two-year-old. To be funny to a twenty-two-year-old. To be funny to an eighty-two-year-old. Because yeah, yeah. they're just great one-liners. Right. But for the most part. Comedians that really resonate with me are ones that talk about themselves. And, you know, I feel like every time a comedian gets, quote unquote, 
you know, finds their voice and gets honest about themselves, good things start to happen for them, too. That's uh, interesting, right? Th- there's a million different examples yeah. of that, too. I mean, like, Louis C.K. probably being the biggest one. That right. guy's act was completely different, right. and then he started talking about his wife and shitty kids. Yeah, and he became, was absurdist. And he became supernova right. you know, about that kind of stuff. Right. And Nick Griffin. And, yeah, yeah, there's, there's plenty of examples, of, examples like that. of that, too. That's true. So It's unbelievable. So, um, so you recorded at Acme. You released this... Is it a trailer? Is it a video snippet of like this joke you're talking about snoring with your wife? Oh yeah, <laughs> it's a great bit, and it's <laughs> perfect for a video little snippet, like minute and a half, like quick thing. That's the actual bed where it actually happens. Is it really? Yes. And I'm assuming it's, and <laughs> and I'm the a, actual wife. Oh, that's also, who, that was my next who question. Who actually, actually looks like? at me like that? <laughs> <laughs> I can't describe the look. We have the video on the laughbutton.com. Go look at the video. But the best way I can't describe it other than like. It's a look of, <laughs> it's a look I get from my wife too, Kostaki. I still haven't been able to put a finger on what that look is, but it's like, it's like, you son of a bitch, <laughs> just listen, just do what I say, and we'll all be better. We'll off all be better off for yeah. it. <laughs> it's we're all married. You're married. Yeah, you're yes, married. Sir. I'm yep. married. Yep. Like, yep. It, everyone gets that fucking look from their wife. Yeah. That's yeah. what I live for. <laughs> Seriously, I push her buttons all the time just to get that look. <laughs> <laughs> so for real, real I, I mean I enjoy it I mean I, I enjoy making fun of my wife yeah. as much as the next guy but sometimes you just get this look and you're just like it's a look where you're not sure if you should back off or just double down <laughs> that's the other thing too double down every time <laughs> double down back off <laughs> You've been ma- you, how long have you been married three and a half oh I, was gonna, uh, I thought you were going to drop some like 30 years no, marriage no, on no, me no, I was like damn no. it no I actually got him beat yeah right. <laughs> so, so okay so you got to listen to the guy's married that's right yeah talking. listen old man let me tell you how life is let me tell you how marriage is all about uh, oh that's great so so yeah so you, uh, please i employ you go to the leftbun.com go to the youtube it's on youtube for you lucky dog productions as well and just watch this video it's it's a great little snippet of like it's a good introduction of you for people that aren't familiar with you right. because it's like oh this is a guy and he's got this great joke and the timing of it's perfect like it's definitely a joke. You clearly like kind of like you know you you worked up the beats and it's great, <laughs> and I love that. But the video definitely like accompanies it too. And the look that your wife gives you, she just nailed it. I don't know if you did something to her in real life on that day <laughs> to, get, to get that look going, but like, or if she's just that good a method actress. Yeah, I don't yeah. really know. You but. just think of any myriad of things that I've done to get her into the moment. Yeah, yeah. And I don't want to ruin the joke, but like when you determine the twist about her hearing, it's just like I'm just like. <laughs> I would say that to my wife too. Like, yeah. So this is your problem, not my problem. Why are we messing this up? So. I love it because he's such a dick in the in the whole situation. He's he's the dick here. I don't know if he's the dick. He I is mean, the dick. But, <laughs> no, he is the dick. But he's got a good point. He's got a great point. <laughs> and, and I and I hate that because because I I. It's every argument I have with my wife. I'm 100% correct, but I'm just an asshole about my delivery. Right, yes, I and have that problem, too. I have that problem. And therefore, it's like, fuck, I yeah. fucked up, and mm-hmm. she wins. Yep. God damn it, yep. I'm on the couch. <laughs> I know I've exactly actually, what you mean. I've actually never been made to sleep on the couch. Like, is that a real thing? No, that feels you, like did, an did old you really cliche. Put on, is that a cliche? Uh, there are situations where I'm happier to be on the couch <laughs> for too. a while. How me about too. that? Yeah, me too. <laughs> well, there's times where I don't, I also don't go to sleep. I like pass out. Like wherever I'm at, it's just, I'm just. Out, you know? like, who's got the joke? Is like I don't fall asleep. I pass out like a heroin addict. That's me. Like just like you know, just kind of out with like. You Sounds know, like Artie. It, it, it does sound like an Artie <laughs> joke. Actually, it probably is an Artie joke. <laughs> it's definitely not mine, um, but like that's how I fall asleep. But so I'm always asleep on the couch before like she goes to bed anyway. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't, so let's talk about this dynamic that you guys have. Uh, clearly, you're co-hosting on a podcast, and yeah, and, we've and, been buddies for a while. Yeah. So like, what is is this how this conversation happens? Do you say I'm starting a record label? Kostaki be the first guy on it, or is it Kostaki saying I'm looking for a record label? You be my record label. I think it was a little bit of both, right? Yeah, so it's yeah. kind of like uh, this was a thing that I wanted to do for a few years. Yeah. I've been thinking about it, taking some steps towards it, but nothing was really serious, I think, until he was kind of like, hey, I'm thinking about maybe starting to get an album. And I'm like, you know, I'm kind of thinking about starting a label. Maybe this will make sense. And, uh, you yeah. know, I had to figure it out Yeah, as far as the, the timing with the departure of Sirius XM and all that. But, I mean, even throughout the whole process, I was saying to him, like, Let's just go through it, and if I'm not ready to go, I'll still help you edit it yeah. and do whatever, and then you do what you got to do. But if I'm ready to go, I'd love for you to be the first person on the on the album or on the uh, label. And uh, 
the timing just ended up working out really nice and so easy to work with. So um, just really, really proud of it. I'm a pleasure. Did I? Did I? <laughs> Did I that's capture that I, correctly? Actually, I do think you captured that exactly right. Yeah, I'm that's glad about you right. That answer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. He's he's great. He's always been great with the podcast. At, at, at every turn, he's always consistently good at all the beats of it. So mm. it was an easy choice, you know. Gotcha. It, it was the only tricky thing was the timing because again, because he's a fucking nice guy and doesn't want to be the douche who's programming a thing that helps yeah. puts money in his pocket. Of course. So he times it so that that's never a conflict. You know, <laughs> it's good. That's great. I mean, it it sounds like it's a fun relationship, but it sounds like you know you. Uh, I'm assuming you have uh, a, a plan B. Uh, well, not plan B. That's a bad way of putting it. <laughs> Construction. <laughs> so, dude, when this fails, uh, you're ready to go do something else, right? <laughs> Terrible way of putting that. <laughs> no, but you obviously uh, there's obviously a business plan of some sort in your head. At least. Yeah, in okay. my head. Yeah, I think. I mean, right now it's just going to be strictly audio albums, okay. and you know, eventually, I think the next step is getting into producing live shows and showcases. Mm. Maybe eventually it gets into video producing, but uh, for you know Netflix and what have you. Uh, but that's a ways down the line, and yeah. that's where I'd have to hire a lot of people because I don't really do video. I yeah. don't know that world, so uh, I think that's the the natural progression that's mm -hmm. going to happen. But I also love the fact that I don't know. Like, yeah. there's an opportunity. There's some like I, I can't say too much about it, but like I was talking to somebody that might want to record their album in Stockholm, and I was like, oh. That's something I never thought about. Maybe yeah. I'll go to Stockholm and record an album. That's very cool. Right? So there's things like that where it's just like, I don't know where this is going to take me. Mm -hmm. And my attitude about it is like, I, I saw this opportunity to work with cool people in another facet of this comedy world. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't work, I'll get another job. Yeah, it's a good way of putting it. I mean, like, I mean, this whole business yeah. is about following your dreams. Yeah, you know, and, and doing things you want to do, and not working that nine to five tie job. That, that I don't want me. that job. Right. Man. <laughs> I don't like. I've, Listen, I'm man, I'm, do I'm on a podcast and run a comedy website. I know. Look like I wanted that job. <laughs> Absolutely you not. You see what man. I'm wearing? Like this is my good shirt, guys. I know. This is my good shirt. <laughs> you figured out what works for you, though. I'm wearing that on right? Wednesday. Yeah, this is this is gonna have this is gonna have drinks with a client tonight. It's not. It's not. But. But he's trained quietly, maybe not even on purpose, for 10 years for yes, this yes, yes. next thing. And he's got all the skills and the contacts and the wherewithal, and he understands the whole crazy business of it. So he's perfectly <laughs> set to uh, succeed. When you say he trained, he trained. the first thing that popped into my head is the montage from Rocky IV. Oh, oh yes. He, yes. I, went, yes. I went that way. You I went, went wax on. You went yeah. wax on. Yeah. I, went, wax on <laughs> I went Rocky in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> lifting tree branches and, and, right. and stumps and running up the running hill. up hills full of yeah. sand and drinking raw and, eggs. and lifting like <laughs> was it cousin Polly and his wife like in the in the the <laughs> horse cart like that's what I went I went Rocky Four on this shit the, the, the shit that I love about that is that they always played the entire song for those montages and they because were eight, they were eight minute songs. <laughs> It's like, come on, keep it moving. Aaron, it's because his brother wrote them, and the longer they were on screen, he probably made more money on publishing or something. <laughs> Are you right? making that up? No, his brother wrote like half of those songs. Oh, really? wow. Yeah. Good for Sylvester, Sly. Sylvester Stallone's brother, George Stallone, I don't know his real name, but he wrote all those songs. Like, you're the best around. All right. That was all his brother. Wow. Love he wrote it. like that all love it. He wrote like all of that. I, I got a computer right here. I can look it up. Nah, don't worry yeah, about it. it. Okay. But uh, no, he actually wrote those songs, from what I understand. So Wow. George Stallone? That song's going to be in my head all day. Jeff Stone, you're the best around. Now just picture him running up the side of a fucking mountain in Russia. <laughs> I, got, I got headphones on, listening to old George Carlin albums. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> He's on the phone with the comics. How did you play my album? Yeah. <laughs> Just and running over these old bits like, you know, <laughs> there's black folks and there's, <laughs> there's Carlin, Seven Deadly Sins. <laughs> Just all these classic bits Just in your head. Oh, man. <laughs> but it's crazy to me that I'm even doing this. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's part of like why I call the You Lucky Dogs. I feel yeah. like so lucky to be yeah. able to do this, right? Yeah, yeah. At one point, George Carlin was the only comedian that I knew. Yeah. Like, yeah. seriously, like, I, I remember. I could see myself in my apartment in Seaside Heights, New Jersey, the sad winter rental. Shout out New Jersey. Shout out New Jersey. Always, <laughs> all day. Jersey guy too. Yeah. Got to get the New Jersey shout outs. Uh, but I, I would be watching him and I would do goofy shit with like t taking his... Uh, 
his bits out of context. So I would ask George Carlin a question. I'd be like, George, what do you think about doctors? And then I'd play the video and be like, <laughs> it's all guesswork with a lab coat. Or I forget what the actual line is. Yeah, but yeah. Like, really? You did that? I did that. Yeah, I did that, with Sa- I did that with South Park and Timmy. But I pretended Timmy was my friend Frank's voice. <laughs> was like, <"Hey>, Frank. <laughs> I'm glad I got a laugh from like a from like a legit professional comedian found that funny because I was like 19 when I did that shit. Uh, <laughs> I was in college. Yeah, it's probably about how old I was when I was talking to George. Uh, but, but for real, it's like that. I didn't even know that comedians was a was a thing. Like, it was it, a like job. Yeah. You could have that as a job. George was the only person I knew that was doing it. And yeah, that's a good person to to know. But yeah. like for real, there's I had no one. idea about the industry and all that. But now that you know, I, I know a little bit more. I feel like, fuck it, let's go for it. I, there's a place for me here. Yeah. And I'm going to fuck it up. <laughs> In a good way. On Friday, May, May 26th. <laughs> On Friday, May 26th, Aaron fucks it up. <laughs> You're over here talking to George Carlin, and I'm talking to Timmy from fucking South Park. There's a big divide right there, guys. Oh, that's so funny. That's that's so funny. That's great. Well, <laughs> I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad. It, it, it looks like it's going to be a, a positive future for you. Like I know, I know how hard you work and your work ethic. So appreciate. I'm, it. I'm, uh, I'm pretty excited about that. And Kostaki seems like a good dude. I just met him like you know 20 minutes ago, but he seems like he seems he's, like he's all, all right, man. He's all right. I'm all right. So let's dive into your history a little bit, Kostaki. All right. You started in Atlanta. Yeah. I was okay. an Atlanta guy. About how old were you when you started stand up? I kind of part of my origin story here. Okay. I've been listening to some books on branding. This is my origin story. Oh, okay. <laughs> cool. <laughs> no, but He's going to be your head of marketing <laughs> in a second. <laughs> I need help in this regard. Oh, no. I could use all the help I could get. Uh, no, this is true. I literally turned down a couple of paying gigs to write papers when I was in graduate school. Okay. So I like 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 doctorate type of papers, like thesis papers. Yeah, I was working on my thesis, which at the time was about the influence of satire on our feelings about government. Okay. I was studying politics, and those were my two loves: what made people vote and what made people laugh. Okay. And so I ended up studying that specific thing to help me get through school Inter- interesting that this time of this time the the current client climate yeah. we're sitting in and it's the irony yeah. is i used to be a lot more political in my act yeah and then the last several years i've just kind of moved away from it i've gotten a little yeah. tired of the subject and this is the first election cycle <laughs> that i didn't write a bunch of jokes about yeah. all the prior cycles even when no one else was talking about it i always yeah. had like 10 minutes of stuff about the election mm-hmm. and this year i just didn't do it just i was it. i was jaded i was tired and yeah. everyone else was already doing it of course of course so i kind of went the other way well if you need material about glass steagall (laughs) (laughs) i'm an expert and we call olivia munn one of us one of the three of us can get olivia munn on the phone in Uh, some way so i basically finished grad school got my master's degree Mm -hmm. kept all my books okay which i still have at my mom's house i think i might still have some of my books in case it goes south i can go back and teach Oh, teaching. Okay, that's, so that, that's, that's my that's, parents were professors. Okay, okay. So like, you, you what are you better than me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, think yeah. So. Yes, Matt. Yeah, in every so. in every single way. No, I'm saying like that was the that was kind of. You know, my dad was always busting my balls trying to get me to go back to school. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. like a running gag we had for years, you know. Mm-hmm. Something terrible would happen to me and, uh, you know, a gig would get canceled or something. He's like, it's not too late to go back to school, boy. <laughs> and then he would have a big pile of papers to grade. And I'm like, it's not too late to get in the show business, Dad. <laughs> at least I don't have papers to grade. I worked a half hour. I got free drinks. <laughs> yeah, you might have to sleep in a closet, but at least, don't yeah, have to grade. At least you're not grading papers in the closet. <laughs> yeah, so my early days were... I literally moved, I got my degree, I moved home with my parents Mm -hmm. so that I could go on the road and make 200 bucks a week or whatever. Mm -hmm. And those days, it was a little bit of a different era. Most of the clubs were five, six, seven nights a week. Mm -hmm. So I would go Tuesday through Sunday in Orlando, and then I would go, you know, Miami Tuesday through the next Sunday. And sometimes I would stay out for like four, five, six weeks in a row. Wow. Yeah, and that's and that's that's the young man's game. That's part the young of this. man's game. Like like, right. you can only do that when you're right young and stu- too stupid to know better. Right, it's the and best like, way I put it. And have the enthusiasm of like, I remember jumping on the bed at like the Holiday Inn. Like I'm so funny, they gotta bring me in from out of town and pay for this room because there's nobody as funny as me in this town. 
I remember the enthusiasm I had. King Kong ain't got nothing on me. And of course, I'm in Salisbury, North Carolina, where there is nobody funny, period. It was a very low bar. Yeah, that's why they brought you in. <laughs> right. Because there's 10 people in town, and they know each other's jokes. Yes. Bring in this other guy yeah, who's got my guy. different jokes. Right. King Kong, he got you. <laughs> perfect. That was perfect. Okay, so so you're about what at this age? At this age, where are you? When? I was mid twenties, driving all over America. Yeah, you know, going as I would go. I literally got my gig at Acme in Minneapolis on a guest set, driving oh, yeah. from Atlanta. It was on my way in minneapolis <laughs> to north dakota and i stopped to do a guest set that's crazy so that was the era where i would literally like take some awful gig for just enough money to get by and i would do other sets on the way to and from and mm -hmm. i was just hungry and interested and i love this little beautiful silly craft you yeah, know? yeah and every comic i feel like has that story right that type, that, or a, a version of that story yeah, yeah where it's like i drove through 17 states right. in 30 hours right, right. to get paid $25. I got there. The <laughs> club was locked. Yes. That it, wasn't, it was closed. They didn't call me. <laughs> right. Everyone has that story. Yeah, That's yeah. why there's a there's sort of this, like when you meet a comic, you kind of know the guy. Yeah. Even when you don't know the guy. You like you the, have yeah. so many of these very specific experiences that you share. The mm -hmm. magic of a bit you know, taking off and some beautiful thing you can't wait to say, you just cannot fucking make it work to save your life and, you know, eating it and killing and traveling and the weirdness of relationships. And like, there's all these things that are very specific to like 3000 people. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's true. It's true. It's, it's, it's super true. And I, I, I have this conversation a lot with comedians too, where it's like, the and the better you get at it, the, it, it's not, it doesn't, it's not like uh it's an isolating kind of profession if yeah you it like can me. be because right. like you're on the road and you're in this town and right. there's you're literally only working an hour tops yeah. you know so it's like what do i do to kill the rest of the time it's right. like am i every comedian i know has seen every movie in existence <laughs> because 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 they go to the movie because on the weekends what are they going to do on a saturday afternoon or friday afternoon so right. some comics i know have kind of combated that with well they take a guy on the road with them if they can afford right. to or whatever but like a uh, brooks whelan's a great example where he rents a car no matter where he goes so he can just drive around and travel and see different parts of the town or, oh, that's or, or cool. hike this trail or do whatever that yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. He's really big into that kind of stuff. So like but other comics, I can see why they fall into the darker parts of the profession where it's like right. drug addiction, sex You're drugs. Alone. Yeah. You get free drinks. You get free drinks. It's a night thing. There's a there's an attractive uh hostess or whatever it is. So right. it's like I, I can see how that very easily you can fall into those pitfalls. Right. Um you know right. and for the most part, most ca most comics in some way are damaged. Uh, <laughs> some issues. Yeah, I mean, There's I mean, for real though, but, the, but that's I, why some of them get in the game in the first place. Is that allure? One hundred percent. But I don't know a single. I've yet to meet a single comedian, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, who has been like, I grew up in a well-adjusted family. My dad, and mom loved me a, t a ton. I had a great relationship with my uh, brothers. I had a great relationship yeah. with my girlfriend. Right. And uh, everything's great, guys. <laughs> I I don't know a single comedian that can tell me that story. Because uh, you had kind of have to be blissfully ignorant to have all that but it also, be correct. But it also takes a certain it takes a certain personality. There's a, there's a level of tremendous narcissism and crushing insecurity. Yeah, right. And oh, and wow. comedians yeah. are like right yeah. in the middle yeah, of that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, or they're so, or they lean one way or the other. But they're the, there's all types though, right? One hundred percent. There's the 100%. full range. Yeah, you know? yeah, some 100%. of them are just desperate for the hug from the from strangers that mm -hmm. you get mm -hmm. with stand up, and some of them are curious about the process. Yes. And, you know, there's there's a lot of different types. Yeah, there's definitely guys out there that are like, I I want to make this joke work. I want to refine it, tweak it, whatever, get it to where it is. And there's other guys who are like, I want to hang. You yeah. know, like I want the right. stories. I don't want to work eight right. hours a day. Right, right. It's a job uh, avoidment. Yeah. It is. I mean, yeah, like, yeah. and there's great comics at that. One of the first one to possibly has like a Burt Kreischer type. Like yeah, that guy, that guy, I heard Jim Brewer call him the Forrest Gump of stand-up comedy once. <laughs> but it's so fucking true because the, he's everywhere doing he, everything. He just, yeah, like he was in every major, yeah. like, you know, like political <laughs> milestone yeah, of yeah. like the history of comedy. It's true. Like, so like I've heard Jim Brewer call him that, which makes total sense. And <laughs> that guy is 100%, I do comedy for the hang. And I, and I don't do it for the story. I don't do it for this, that, and the other thing. And right. you got another guy who might sit down and be like, they take this mentality of, I'm a comic. I want to write for eight hours a day. I want to figure this out. 
want to write jokes. This is my job. It's my profession. I take yeah. it more seriously. Right. And uh, who would you say that is? I mean, there's plenty of examples. Like Bill Burrows. I always hear Bill Burrows one of those guys. Like Bobby talks about Bill Burrow, like, where they'd be fucking around playing Xbox, and Bill would be in the other room writing stuff. What? Uh, Dimitri Martin's another guy I heard about who does a lot of that type of stuff. Too. Right. He wants right. to sit down and figure out the fucking joke. Yeah. So it takes all types. You're absolutely correct on that. We had that conversation with Foxworthy. You know, he was yeah. definitely the guy that everyone was smoking weed and running around in the condo, and he's yeah. writing and writing and writing. I mean, <laughs> one of the most successful comedians ever. Hey, good for him. <laughs> yeah. <man. laughs> no shit. No shit. We all need that tag. We all need that get her done, or you might be a redneck, or whatever. What do you think yours would be? <laughs> Jesus, I don't know. I haven't found it yet. Maybe I might why. be an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that stings a little. <laughs> it only hurts because it's true. <laughs> I might be an asshole if, if yeah, I'm, I don't know. I'm snoring in my wife's Exactly. Up. <laughs> and I tell her it's her fault Yeah, <laughs> that I'm annoying. It's, it's your fault, it's not mine. That's actually pretty good. That's actually pretty good. I think mine would be Glass-Steagall. <laughs> Glass-Steagall. It's a great word. It's, it's, I think it's it is fun to say. It's fun to say. Yeah. It's fun to say. Like petroleum. How's your petroleum? Petroleum. That's an old Sandler bit, I think. Vaseline. 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 <laughs> I don't fucking know where I'm going with that. So okay, so let's, I'm trying to I'm trying to keep this on track. I just go everywhere. So okay, so what? Where do you feel like you uh, are? We're going at this point. So you're you're, you're mid twenties. You're jumping on couches, screaming at you're the greatest. <laughs> King Kong, I got shit on you. Yeah, yeah. That <laughs> and, faded quick. By the way. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, wh- how do, how do you, do you end up in New York? Do you end up in L.A.? Do you end up somewhere else? Yeah, I mean, I, my stand up career has been kind of three chapters so far. Okay. The big chapters. It would be. The you know the road from Atlanta driving around in a Mitsubishi Eclipse you know I was putting like fifty grand a year on that car mm-hmm. and just uh, you know I literally had like one of those clothing racks in the back and I was just pounding the road trying to learn how to be a comic and I was eating it and killing and struggling and you know emceeing awful clubs and but I was working I I made a decision early to try to work. I'd, I'd rather work a good club for less money than middle shitty one-nighters for more money. Okay. Because I didn't want to open with a blowjob joke or whatever. You know, I tried to, like, keep writing good stuff. And I was in the South, so it'd be very easy to fall off the train and yeah. lose yourself in those kind of Greg gigs. Greg Stone calls them anti-calorie jokes. Ah, that's interesting. It is, yeah. I that's thought, I thought funny. Yeah, yeah, So I said right. I'm stealing it. And there's so a place for those. <laughs> <laughs> there's a place for those. Yeah, and yeah. when you're, you know, sometimes you need some empty calories. Yeah. And fuck it. I like Pringles. Uh, yeah. That's a good metaphor. Yeah. All right. So then that was a big chunk of probably eight years okay and then i moved to la for about eight ish years and now i've been in new york for eight ish years okay so i've kind of had the full experience of what it is to be a comic yeah so going forward i just hope it's more the same and i, I was talking to somebody earlier today like i feel pretty good about where i am like yeah. i you know i get to come home and be super dad and my wife's awesome and my kid's awesome and i get to do some sets around and talk to aaron once a week in the podcast and I'm doing radio, and then I go out and I get to, you know, be cowboy comic guy. You yeah. know, run around and deliver these jokes and work on the act, and my life's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like it's great. It's a great life. I it's, just want to keep growing the this sort of football joke sort of cottage industry that yeah. I've been building, and I hope that continues to grow. And there's other places for that. Mm-hmm. I was at NFL Films yesterday filming something, and you know, I think that's kind of that's growing. I, I really have a passion for that, and it's mm-hmm. fun, and it's silly, and it's you know, uh, so. And keep trying to write from the from the guts about things that are happening in my crazy head, you yeah. know, and less sort of observational. It sounds like you need to kind of almost link up with a Bill Simmons type, like it, Bill Simmons. Yeah, Bill Simmons podcast. He ran. Uh, he did. He you really don't know Bill Simmons. I don't know. Is this a generational <laughs> thing? Help me. No, he's, he's well Grantland and all that stuff. And he he talk, he basically has a podcast about. He used to work for ESPN, oh, okay. and he got famously fired from ESPN for talking shit about something. I forget what it was. Uh, I guess um, Goodell. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he basically ended up over at HBO, and he basically he had a podcast called Monday Morning Quarterback, Friday I believe Morning, so. something like that. Or no, it was just called the Bill Simmons Podcast. I'm sorry. It was not Monday Morning Quarterback. I don't follow him that closely, but yeah, I do but know who he is. Yeah, but he's a big writer in, <laughs> yeah. in the world. But like, he, he kind of blends pop culture and comedians and, and sports. And, oh, okay. and it sounds like if you're talking about you know, being yeah, a, a football. Yeah, I should find Bill Simmons. Yeah, you should. Bill Simmons, if you're listening to this podcast, and I know he is. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's unbelievable. I mean, it's like, unbelievable I, I put his name into the ether, and <laughs> that's just how this fucking works. I don't know if you know that or not. but <laughs> uh, I'm pretty funny today, guys. <laughs> <laughs> 
was out loud. I don't know. <laughs> this is going yeah. very well. This is going great, guys. <laughs> I can't believe this. Uh, no, so like, yeah, but he um, he, he kind of does what it sounds like you're you're looking to do. It's just kind of like build this little empire based on like right. your, your love of sports and your love of Aaron Rodgers' uh, ex girlfriend. <laughs> Very pretty. It is. It is. It is very true. It's yeah. very cool. So, so you guys get connected, and I'm assuming the mutual love of football. Are like, we got to do this. We got to do this podcast. Or did someone put you together? Well, we got put together. Oh, you did. Yeah. Initially. Yeah. Right. Um, was this a, from SiriusXM? It was. Okay. Yeah. So he kind of does uh, a radio version of the quick snaps, yeah. and Sirius was part of that, where he would come in once a week and record like little vignettes for what was blue collar radio at the time. Okay. And I would just help produce that, um, and get, get it on the air. And then eventually, uh, we just kind of, you know, realized that I wanted to start a podcast again. It was just the timing was good. again. Yeah, you're right. That, that one was a similar kind of thing of like, you know, I'm, I had sort of been dragging my feet on starting a podcast and I, mm-hmm. I had talked to a guy who sort of talked me into it. He was like, you know, it's a connection with your people forever, and no suit can end it. It's very true. I mean, that's you know? great. I mean, I the more I do this podcast, the more I really like it. Like, when we first started, I was like, okay, it's a little bit of a chore. It's a little bit of this. Right. But you get into those rhythms, and you're like, oh, well, I want to talk to more people that just aren't just necessary comedians. Like, I, I, I love talking to comedians. Right. We've had some fantastic comedians on the show, including yourself. Um, but it's like, I want to talk to the guy that photographs comedians. I want to mm-hmm. talk to the guy that releases them on records. I want to talk right. to the guy that has signed them or is a gatekeeper in some right. way. Because the, I think there's endless this endless fascinating story that makes up the narrative of stand-up comedy. Right, yeah, uh, Or the, the business that is comedy. And it's not just... Uh, the problem with that, though, is there's guys that have done it longer than I have, better than I have. Like, you know, I can't be Mark Marin. I can only be Matt Kleinschmidt. You know, right, I can't, right. Like, that guy's kind of pigeonholed a corner of comedy podcast that <laughs> maybe Pete Holmes comes near. You know, that's about it. So You say a lot of zen shit, dude. Do I? <laughs> dude. I can't be. I can only be. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, if you know me. Is so not what I am. Yeah. Glass Eagle. Uh, so he, so he was also ready to do branch out and yeah, do yeah. another something too, and it sort of landed and it connected in a way that was very, it really like clicked and was organic right away. So and then the podcast is is, is it a smashing success? Is it a runaway hit? Or is it it's like, been good. I, I don't, I don't know how fun. you measure that. Yeah, but, I don't know how uh, you measure well, that. I mean, downloads and well, people yeah, played it. And... I, by that standard, I wouldn't call it a runaway success. <laughs> But you know, I we, wouldn't say it's great, man. We have uh, <laughs> a, a good core uh, group of fans that really love it and look forward to it every week. And uh, and yeah, uh, you know, right. people come to see him on the road just off the podcast. And that's great. That's, you know, I mean, that's that's got to be the like the yeah. Best I mean, that's feeling. the goal is to have yeah. a home base where we, and all of the other crazy things that are happening in social media and appearances and that you have a home base you kind of come back to mm-hmm. that the that the hardcore fans can connect with and yeah. That you can kind of do all the jokes, you know, like yeah, the yeah, stations yeah. you can't do all the jokes. No. It's nice to have a home where and you know, there are things that are happening on Sunday that I just can't wait to like talk to him about. And yeah. it's kind of fun to have a place you for tape all it every of that Sunday. stuff. Yeah. We gotcha. do we do every Monday, Monday. night. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, so Sunday he's up. up like a madman writing jokes. I write a few, but he's writing most oh, of the you jokes. Oh, you guys put work into Oh, yeah, like, for your show? Yeah, yeah, he puts I'm in so, a ton. Yeah, I'm so the, fucking jealous. I'm doing most crazy. of the post stuff, but he's doing the pre-work. Where I hooked up these microphones and hit record, guys. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah, he's sweating like a pig. <laughs> well, it's an easier path. I don't know if it's a better path. <laughs> How many jokes would you say you write on a Sunday? Oh God! It's oh, really? more than you end up. It's hearing. probably about thirty. You imagine now, how I would imagine. And, right? I'm assu- <laughs> and I'm, assu- I'm, I'm assuming. And I'm assuming that like it, it, it's not on. Is it on in the off season of football? Do you talk about other sports? We or? do only football. Okay. And occasionally he'll cram a basketball conversation in there. The fans yeah. don't like that. <laughs> And they're right. Like they're, not, they're not right. He and doesn't even know who Bill Simmons is. And they're right. Oh, oh. We have a generational gap. I think I started too. A yeah, yeah. I so actually, that, that's kind of fun. Uh, that's why I just assumed it was something that only young people knew about. Is this that Snapchat Simmons? <laughs> right? That's what he sounds like sometimes. Fidget, right? fidget spinners. Yeah. What's going on? Yeah, totally What's going on here, guys? That is true. Uh, yeah, so it's fun to have a home base where we can have all of the stuff. Yeah. You know? It's it's good. That's great. I mean, and, and how long has the podcast been going on for now? Is this our fifth year? I want to say four, but you might be right. <laughs> I think it's going on our fifth. It's it's. And I feel like it gets it gets. Like, 
listen, I'm on, this will be like episode like 120 something on this podcast. Yeah. I feel like we've only really started to hit our stride in the last yeah, yeah. 50 or so. Yeah, yeah. So Same. I mean, like, yeah. It does take a while. Yeah, it definitely does and... to get some chops. And, and like, and in that time, I lost a co-host and I've gained other other people, but I also feel like the conversations have become better and more organic. It's I got hard text to messages do. from him the other day. He's like, dude, this episode was fucking great. It I'm was like, really good. Like, the your interview with uh, Stone and uh, Chris Gethard, they were really good. Yeah. See? Look at that. They nice. were really good and I genuinely enjoyed it. And the, your, and new, I, your new co-hosts are cool too and, and yeah, that's yeah. Mark listen, Matt you can only be <laughs> you, you can only Mary be the ain't got shit on me <laughs> <laughs> but for real man it's hard to juggle the co- new co-host and adjust to new people it and is. do all that stuff and keep this thing moving so you're doing the Lord's great, work great great I'm, I'm glad that you know I, I love hearing feedback like that obviously because it listen Text me any kind of cool feedback. I'll invite you onto the podcast. That's how this, <laughs> this is how Aaron got on this podcast. I'm no dummy. <laughs> he's like, man. He's like, I want to. I want to sweeten him up, and then I want to fucking go in for the kill, and then we're gonna make it happen. <laughs> well, I hope you know it wasn't completely no, no, ulterior motives. No, 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 I, those were genuine sentiments. No, no, not at yeah. all. Because I was actually thinking, I was like, oh, when Aaron starts his label, I yeah. want to actually have him on to kind of like talk about it. So I know that you were doing it for a while. We had a, pre- a preliminary conversation about it, but I didn't know you. you your timeline was like. It was it all could, over the place. It could start in March. It, yeah. And I think it was, It was, you know, I think this was maybe January, February when we talked about yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Like, it could start in March. It could start in July. I don't really know yet. So I was like, oh, you're all over the place. So. I just thought of a question that I've never asked you off the air. Uh-oh. Is this Let's an appropriate situation? <laughs> totally. Yes. Well, all right. I've, th- I've always asked club owners this sort of thing, uh-huh. and it's a similar kind of as you go forward. We've been so obsessed with my album. At yes. least I have been. Uh-huh. <laughs> so we've been talking about me constantly. Going forward, how do you pick and choose and cultivate a label? Like, do you chase after people you love, regardless of Good you know what numbers they're going to bring in? Do you do you accept some guys that maybe you don't love as much, but you know they've got an audience? How do you you know? It's a good question. Uh, I think it's a mix of all that. Yeah, I, I think for the most part, you Lucky Dog Productions is going to put out really good comics that could benefit from support on the promotion and the. Uh, the mixing and the editing and all that stuff. People that haven't necessarily completely broken through yet, so I think it's going to be a lot of emerging comedians, and then if I get a, a chance to work with uh, Bill Burr, it's not going to happen, but you know that <laughs> level, uh, then yes, I'm going to do right, that. Right. But I think the focus is going to be on you know people that are emerging and almost about to break through. To a higher level, Dustin so I, Diamond. Type. Dustin Diamond yeah, dude, is what I'm looking screech. at. We're going to sign yeah. Screech tomorrow. Let's make yeah. this happen. But I got. <laughs> I'm actually working on the second album. If I could just uh, talk yeah, about yeah, that for absolutely. a second. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That was actually the question I didn't. And again, I'm glad you brought it up because I wasn't sure. I was like, I, I, are you? I didn't know if you were jealous boyfriend or not. That's what, <laughs> he is Frank, a little I didn't bit. No, I didn't know yeah, if you're like, oh, I, oh we're only talking about me <laughs> and my I status. Mean, whoever on this, this other guy is, sloppy seconds. That's all I'm saying. Watch it be like, oh, that's Doug Stanhope. Yeah. <laughs> Watch it just be someone where you're like, Fuck! <laughs> 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 yeah, no, no. So what's uh, what's in the pipeline? What do it's you got? actually with uh, JL Kova, and he does uh, Trump and Purse. Oh yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So in my opinion, he, it's the best, and his too. And uh, basically, it's a it's a very high concept album. It's not a okay. stand up album. Okay. So it's kind of like uh, Trump. F- FDR used to do the fireside chats. Yes. Yes. Similar to that. Trump's doing fireside craps, so he's <laughs> shitting on something or someone while he's on the toilet, right? And it's just like yeah, you said a high concept record, <laughs> and then he says a Donald Trump impersonator taking shits. What is your version of low concept, Aaron? <laughs> touche, touche, high concept. But it's basically like his first hundred days. So you go in like a chronological order of things that are happening throughout the okay. first hundred days. Okay. And it's also kind of patterned after some Death Row Records album. Oh no. Yeah. So, so is like the artwork going to be like? Oh, so is it going to be like <laughs> that? Uh, the one where they're all wearing black and it's like Suge and Snoop and Dre. Oh no, but the artwork is fantastic. I got a rough sketch I can show okay, you. Okay. Yeah, Death Row, or or you could go No Limit, like Master P, like just like terrible Photoshop, like tanks. I'll be and No gold. Limit. Yeah. Do you know Limit? <laughs> After the fifth album, when I'm able to floss like that, that's when I'll be No Limit. But That's true. No Limit, like, they, yeah, were, yeah. they were just all about Master flossing. P spent a yeah. lot of money very oh. quickly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Master P. Yeah, what's he doing now? Uh, I don't know. I heard him on the new Solange record. Okay. You heard that too, right, Kostaki? <laughs> yeah. Um, but I don't know what he's up to. Um, he knew immediately to look at me. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but no, it's uh, th- I'm looking forward to that. That'll be yeah, out yeah. probably mid June cool. at some point. Very cool. And I think it's got a chance to be sneaky successful. Yeah, I mean, it very well could be. I mean, like the Donald Trump uh, thing is, it's. It's on the it's on people's lips. It's on people's mouths. You know, for like, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so listen, you got to keep him in office till at least yeah, that time. Right. We were panicking <laughs> about a week ago when it wasn't looking so good. Right? You know what? You know what's funny about that guy? And I'm not going to get too political on this podcast. It's just like everything that came out about him pre-election up until like now, it was like this is going to this is it. This is what's going to take him down. Right. This is it. There were like 17 moments. There was, where there like, seven, oh, this is it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is it. This is where he goes down. He he made fun of a gold uh, five, a gold star family. He the whole grabbing by the pussy thing, the whole right. this that or the other thing, right? The crippled, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the cri- journalist, everything yes. was, and right. then it's like he, he fucking <laughs> figures it out, man. I mean, right. like the, the guy's like a cockroach. Yeah, he is. <laughs> going to survive the, a nuclear. Talk. Reagan was the Teflon president. Nothing sticks to him. Yeah, but, he, man, he's the real guy, Teflon this guy's Don. Yeah, really. I mean, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> what do they say? Cockroaches can survive a nuclear war, and chances are he'll probably put us into a nuclear. Going to test that there. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Hey, so, all right, let's end it on that. Let's end it on cockroaches <laughs> and nuclear wars, guys. Love it. I feel like we've talked a lot. I feel like we've learned a lot. We've learned a lot about you like a dog productions. We've learned a lot about Costas. Oh, God damn it, Kostaki Economopolis. I went to high school with a kid named Costas Aliftaliro, and oh. like, and like, I memorized his name. Well, that's fair. That's yeah, and I head. just, and I totally just called you Costas Aliftaliro. I'll answer to Costas. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the many short versions of my crazy name. <laughs> Kostaki Economopolis. Thank Is he you. Greek? <laughs> no. <laughs> Just bad luck. <laughs> he wasn't Greek at all. His family owned the local diner, but he was not Greek. No, he was he was definitely Greek, but yes. He's a great dude. So Kostaki Economopolis, Aaron Hodges from You Lucky Dog Productions, live at Acme, is in stores on May 26th, Friday, via You Lucky Dog Productions. I feel like we learned a lot. I feel like we grew a lot. I do, too. <laughs> is there anything we missed? I would like to opine on Glass-Steagall a little <laughs> bit more, but other than that. We learned about Glass-Steagall. Yeah. Am I allowed to uh, veto any of these? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I put a good bow on Glass-Steagall, dude. You did. I don't think I can. You're right. I can't, like, reopen that. You I'm said sorry. you were going to, and you yeah, did. Yeah, I told you I was going to. So, but thank so, you, Matt. So, yeah. So, thanks for coming on the podcast. It's been, a, it's been a pure this pleasure. It's been a pleasure. Uh, so, where can people go to find out more information about you, Kostaki? I'm at Kostaki.com. One of the many advantages of being named Kostaki. Yeah. You can get the website with just your first no name. No one was trying to park. C O S T A K I dot com. No, you didn't have to go for the dot net because I actually there was a a Greek in Australia with like a shitty homepage on that site for a long time. Really? And then one day I went and it was gone and I'm like, yoink. Snagged. That's great. And then can people catch you live around the city or all your dates on your website? Uh, yes, all the dates are on the website. Great. And I'm here and there and all over the place and I'm in the Midwest more often than not. Gotcha. And Aaron. YouLuckyDogProductions.com. Great. And the podcast is? Quick Snaps. It's at, it's uh, once a week on Monday during the season and about once a month in the off season. Gotcha. We're going to do a new one uh, this weekend, and we'll probably be really tuned up and drunk celebrating the release of this album. So that there might be go. fun. That yeah. actually might yeah. be a good one. my old friends and <laughs> tell some stories. <laughs> this will be a, a bit of a departure from what we usually do. <laughs> It'll be fun. Well, thanks for coming on, gentlemen. It's thanks, been a total man. blast. It's a pleasure. All Thank right, you. I'll catch you later. Bye. So I I know you've got a lot going on, but remember, I'm here for you. So bother me when no one's listening, because I will. Bother me when it feels like it won't get better, because it can. Bother me because you're never a bother. Whether it's a low point or a crisis, get help for yourself or a friend. Learn more at neverabother.org or call or text 988, available 24-7. So I I know you've got a lot going on, but remember, I'm here for you. So bother me when no one's listening, because I will. Bother me when it feels like it won't get better, because it can. Bother me because you're never a bother. Whether it's a low point or a crisis, get help for yourself or a friend. Learn more at neverabother.org or call or text 988, available 24-7.